0: Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. Yeah. So everyone said, oh, I like your pink shirt today. (laughs) This is the day. I wear this tie in memory of my father because he always wore it on Easter and so he's in glory in glory they don't wear ties yes yes the Lord knows how to have a service but here we occasionally wear them my dad used to say Tim you're a good dresser but your bottom drawer is sticking out (laughs) nice now you know where I get it from you know, we have a motto around here that you have to come early if you want a back seat. Well, they're back to waving. Yeah. Well, I learned on Easter, if you don't come early to get a back seat, you come really late. And then we put the back row up, and then you get the back seat, right? Ruth says, yeah. Yeah, Ruth. Good to have you here today. How many would rather be here in the best hospital in Indiana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I thought, I mean, this side, I mean, this side, they're pretty amped up, don't you think? Like, wow, we're a mellow church, you can tell, right? They call us mellow yellow. Speaking of yellow, wow, look at those pants. Oh my goodness, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Hey, I tell you, we're glad you're here. We are not the perfect church, but we do worship a perfect God. We do. Have you seen any problems here? It's got our fingerprints on it anything good you see here it's got God's fingerprints on it so give him the glory for it and so but we're just excited we had a full service this morning just celebrating a risen savior amen, amen. if Christ did not raise from the dead we would be of all people most miserable the Bible says but he did raise from the dead so we should be of all people most happy amen that's right keep the fun and fundamental yeah all right enough of that any other one-liners I could use? and no, I can't think of any. Hey, by the way, my tie only comes out one week a year at Easter. Don't be that tie. <laughs> we'll. Will... Do you like that? It's like a play on words, you know. But, no, nah, hey, we'd love to have you. If you're in the area, come on out, you know. What you see is what you get. We're just everyday people and uh, I promise next week no tie, so don't feel compelled to wear yours everyone's saying I'm not compelled to wear it <laughs> anyways alright we are going to be in the book of can you believe that they knew they knew it we are going to be, how can you be in the book of Acts well I'll tell you how we've been working through the book of Acts and it's been an awesome study we've enjoyed it amen we've only been in a couple of years and, Amen. Two, three. Someone say three. Do I hear three and a half? Three and a half? Do I hear three? three. It's been a, it's been a, but you know what? Hey, we're not in any hurry, right? We can learn from it. We've been working through the book of Acts. And what's interesting is we've come to a point in the book of Acts that I said, wow, this is really what Resurrection Sunday is all about. Because in this portion of Scripture, for those joining us, the Apostle Paul is standing before a king. And he is sharing his story about how he met the resurrected Jesus. And he shared what he said and he shared what Jesus said to him. Matter of fact, he's going to mention two questions uh, that were asked in his story. But in this account, Paul was not known by the name Paul. He was known by the name Saul, which means a desired one or great one. God changed his name from Saul to Paul which means humble one or small one and when Saul became Paul things changed in his life and it changed because he met Jesus and you say well wait a minute wasn't he around before Christ was crucified the answer is yes you see Saul was still alive when Jesus was on earth he was a man But he had no interest in Jesus. Saul had no time for Jesus. He had life to do. He had his religion and he was satisfied with religion. Uh, he He was climbing the ecclesiastical ladder. He had no time for Jesus before the cross. He had no faith that Jesus was the Savior. As a matter of fact, after Jesus was crucified and being a Pharisee, he knew the event that took place. But after that event, he set out on his own vendetta. And that vendetta was to exterminate all of his followers and eradicate the name of Jesus from the pages of history. Let me tell you something. You cannot eradicate the name of Jesus from history because it's his story, friends. It's not our story. This is his story. This is his world. This is his uh, history, if you will. But Paul was on a mission a mission of mayhem. And he left Jerusalem to head to Damascus so he might seek out believers and execute them. He might seek out believers and exterminate them. And so on this road to Damascus, there in Syria as we know it today, on that road he encounters the resurrected Savior. The only thing was he did not know it was Jesus. He did not know at the time who this one speaking to him was. Follow the account with me. Verse 13 of chapter 26. At midday, O king, as he talks to Agrippa, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun. In other words, he said, what came to me did not come on the horizontal plane. It wasn't some guy hiding behind the rocks with a mirror shining into my eyes. It wasn't some mirage in the, in the uh, distance that I was wondering, what is that? It wasn't at this level. It was at this level. It was this direction. A direction by which no man approaches you. Someone other than a man was coming at this time. And he said, and I saw this light from heaven brighter than the sun. Shining around about me and those who journeyed with me, the other soldiers. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I, singular, heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goad. The goad was a pointed stick that would move the ox along as some of were here last time. We learned about the goad. Right? Casey's like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's sticking me with that thing. It's hard for you to fight the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Why are you kicking against this? Verse 15, so I said, who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? Identify yourself. Lord. Lord means Supreme One. It means Superior One. It means Master. It means Ruler. And if anyone is ever to appear before you, not on this plane, but on this plane, let me tell you something. He is a Superior One. <laughs> and Paul figured that much out. So I said, wait a minute. This isn't some guy uh, in the path. This is a God-man speaking to me, and he is Superior And he says, I want to know who you are. And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness, both to the things which you have seen and the things which I will reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles, the non-Jews, to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. Literally means from the power of Satan To the power of God. That's why I've come. That they may receive forgiveness of sins. And an inheritance. Among those who are sanctified. By faith in me. Father anoint your word. Holy Spirit move in our midst. Holy Spirit penetrate our hearts. Still our souls take from our mind all the things of this week we're thinking about or this afternoon or everything that the devil would try to distract us from and help us Lord to focus and worship you with our attention in these few couple minutes and Lord we will give you all the praise as you speak to us save the loss that may be here or listening over the internet Father, we ask You just bless all that are watching, listening to Your Word. Not because of words I have to say, but because of words the Holy Spirit has to say. We come before You now in Jesus' resurrected, glorious name. And we all say, Amen, 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 Amen. amen. By the way, a shout out to Jared, watching this service from Bulgaria. So, amen. Good to have our military men and women out there still connecting with family that's here. We have to get a camera to go this way so you can see Mom and Dad, and make can text. Mom, and say, tell Dad to wake up. <laughs> Pastor Tim has a way of doing that to people. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Glenn. From Saul to Paul, from this man who was a monster, a murderer, a hater of Christianity to a man who wrote three-quarters of the New Testament. This is his story. It was summed up in five verses. It could be read in less than a couple short minutes. But it was profoundly changed his life. It was a powerful encounter of meeting the resurrected Jesus. And two questions were asked. One was a why and one was a who. And as I looked at this, I realized that Jesus had one question for Paul. As he knocked him off his high horse, as he laid there on the ground with all the other soldiers and the light shining around him, blinded by the brightness of that glory, and the voice says to him, Paul, or Saul rather, Saul, Saul, let me tell you something, the Lord knows our name whether we're part of his family or whether we're not yet part of his family. The Lord knows our name. And he speaks to him by name and he says, Why? Why are you persecuting me? It's hard for you to kick against the prodding of the Holy Spirit. Why? You know, when you think of that question, why are you acting the way There's a lot in that question, isn't there? I don't know about you. But I, I know if the Lord had asked me March 10th, 1983, the day I got saved, if He if had asked me the why question, Tim, why do you act the way you do? I'd have gave Him the duh look. Uh. Because at the time, I rationalized in my brain that the way I'm acting is justified. The way I'm behaving is okay. The words that I choose to speak, the actions I live, the the vices I have, I'm okay because they're okay and we're all okay, aren't we? Funny how when it comes to the Lord God of heaven asking us, why do you act the way you act? Did you notice there was no response to that question? (laughs) What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Saul, why are you hurting others? What good reason can you give me to justify your behavior? Why do you have this anger? Why do you have this chip on your shoulder? I was an angry man before I was saved. I, I had a chip on my shoulder. and I you know, I, I thought I had the, the tiger by the tail of this world. But boy, I... You know, I had attitudes. And not only did I have an attitude, I was from New York. <laughs> that's like a supersized attitude. Can you upsize that attitude? I sure can. What you talking about, man? <laughs> I had that attitude. That's what he's saying. Why are you persecuting What's your problem, Paul? What is, what, what is your attitude? What's this anger about? Why do you have to hurt others? Why do you have to hurt me? He says to Saul. Isn't it funny the Lord always knows why we do what we do? Even when we don't even know why we do what we do. I have asked myself, in the quietness of my brain, which is not too quiet usually. A lot of voices going on there. (laughs) I said, Tim, why did you say that? Why did you do that? Why did you act like that? man why did you have to give that look <laughs> whatever that look is, I've given that look, I've, I've blown up meetings with the look just the raising of the eyebrow who said true? at a boy girl <laughs> have you ever asked yourself why? Why did I wake up in a bad mood today? Why am I taking all this out? I don't know. I've asked myself why. I'm sure other people have asked, why is that guy even here? Why do we ever hire him? Why, why do we let him tell jokes? I don't know what you ask. I've asked myself that why. I don't think Paul had any question in his mind why he was doing what he was doing. He had authority from the high priest. He had credentials with him. He had his creds and he's heading to Damascus. And no one's going to stop and ask him why or what he's doing. But when the Savior asked him, Why do you act the way you do? He had nothing to say. Nothing to say. In his defense. Instead, he had a question himself. It wasn't a why, like why are you talking to me or why have you stopped me? Instead, he doesn't ask why. He asks Who? Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Master? Let's let's use the synonyms for that. Who are you, Ruler? Who are you, Sovereign One? Who are you, Supreme One? He, He wanted to know, Who is this One that is speaking from heaven to me? Who are you that is superior over me? Who are you that is brighter than the sun that is above me? Who are you that can knock an army to the ground? Who are you that can speak from the heavens? And who are you that can stop me in my tracks? Let me tell you, Jesus knows how to stop us in our tracks, doesn't he? He knows how to get our attention. He knows how to say, hey Tim, I want to talk to you. And he knocks me off my high horse sometimes and gets my attention. As a believer, I know who he is when he talks to me. At this time, Saul, he didn't know who he was. And he said, Who is this one that is greater than me? That is far above me? That just his presence can knock us all to the ground. His presence in the garden. When the soldiers came to take the disciples and they said, we came to seek Jesus. And he said, I am. And they went, boom, to their knees. And his voice. And they got back up and these tough soldiers said, and he asked them again, who are you coming to see? We're coming to see uh, uh, Jesus. <laughs> boom, down they go again to their knees. I'm telling you, when Jesus says, I am, man, he's throwing some power out there, amen? He's throwing some power. And those Roman soldiers, They, they just dropped. In his presence. Somehow we think we can run in the presence of God, and because God and I are like this, and, and oh yeah, we may not know him as our Savior, but we'll have a good old talk with the big guy upstairs when we get there. Let me tell you something. You don't run into God's presence. You kneel in his presence. Someday at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Whether in heaven or whether in earth, every knee will bow. And there Saul is on the ground, on his back with the one question, Who is this person? And the answer from that bright, shining presence comes to him. And he says, I am. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. I am the risen Savior, in other words. I am the one with power over death and hell. I am the one alive for I am the one who's been speaking to your heart all this time that you've been fighting. I am the one who you are persecuting. I am the one you deny. I am the one that you reject. I am the one you despise, Saul, and ignore. And I am the one you hurt. You want to know who I am? He says, I am the great I am. I am Jesus. That's who I am. Man, I don't know about you. But if I were knocked to the ground by this presence above me, greater and more superior than me by no doubt, and I had been on this vendetta and this mission to exterminate Christians and to eradicate the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden this being above me identifies himself as Jesus let me tell you as a believer that's a sweet name that's a sweet name but if I was a hater of Christ and a killer of Christians that would be a terrifying name to be Saul and hear that this is Jesus I thought we killed him. How can this be Jesus? I thought he was buried and yet he rose from the dead? I thought he was crucified and now you say he's crowned? Who is this one? It's Jesus. If I were Saul, I would have fear just racking through my body. Every muscle would be tense. My mind and thoughts would be in anticipation of the soon coming smiting of God. Wouldn't you think? would you think if you were killing Christians because you hated the name of Jesus and all of a sudden this almighty being above you says I'm Jesus Whew. Whew. Man. I would be petrified I would be worried that any moment I would be pulverized into a pile of ashes and in that time of fear and shock in that time of unbelief when that bright powerful divine being identified himself as Jesus where I saw my mind would be racing with all these regrets and all these things that oh man I wish I didn't do that oh man I wish I didn't go there oh man I wish I didn't kill that guy Oh, man, I wish I didn't grab those women and children, drag them out of their house, and put them in prison. I, oh, man, I don't know about you, but listen, if you don't know Christ your Savior, it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And when you're killing his children, and you are going after his name, and all of a sudden you meet him face to face, you ought to be trembling in your boots, right? Or sandals in this case. He's like, man thinking that any moment the next words are I am Jesus whom you're persecuted and you're out of here but instead verse 16 begins with the word but I am Jesus whom you are persecuting but as we know but is a coordinating conjunction right Remember that? Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Okay. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You got it. That means the flow of this message is going this way. That means the theme of what's being presented is going this way. That means the thought in Paul or Saul's mind is going this way. But means it turns now. It goes the other way. It pivots now. From a direction and a flow that it was going. And if you were cowering under the name of Jesus, saying, oh no, I have so many regrets, so many things I wish I didn't do that He knows about. So much behavior and attitude I wish I could erase. When you meet Jesus, friends, let me tell you something. Jesus introduces Himself to us, and we deserve to be smitten, but... For the grace of God, we're not. Amen? But for the grace of God, we're not. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. He says, Saul, you've been persecuting me. Saul, you've been hurting me because you've been hurting my kids. And when you hurt my kids, you hurt me more. He says, but. When I should grind you into the ground, I'm not going to do it. When I should pulverize you into ashes, I'm not here for that. He says, Saul, you've been persecuting me. But, rise up. Stand on your feet. Get off the ground. Let me tell you something. Only Jesus can take a murdering, angry man like Saul, a monster of a man, and tell him to get back up on his feet. Aren't you glad for that? Jesus could take us at our worst and set us upright again in life. Jesus can lift us up out of the ground. Instead of he doesn't grind us, he lifts us up off the ground. And he says, stand up right before me. For I have appeared to you for this reason, to make you a minister, he says, and a witness both of the things that you have seen and the things I will yet show you, reveal to you. And he says, when the Jewish people have you and when the Gentiles have you, I want you to know that I will deliver you. He said, verse 17. You see, Jesus presents Himself as the great I Am. I am Jesus. But I am not here to judge you now. I am not here to smite you. I am not here to grind you into the ground. Let me tell you, some people have a false impression of Jesus Christ. And they think that Jesus can't wait to just grind us into the ground. And that He's always waiting for us to slip up. He said, there you go again, Tim. That's not my Savior, friends. That's not my Savior. My Savior is a forgiving Savior. My Savior is a gracious Savior. My Savior is a delivering Savior. My Savior is I'll pick you up, Savior. My Savior is I'll clean you off, Savior. My Savior is I will deliver you from your sin and your punishment. My Savior is I will give you an inheritance and in glory. My Savior is I will sanctify you and set you apart for my holy purpose. That's my Savior. That's my Savior. That's the Savior. And right now, my friends, let me tell you something about the Savior. He has come as the Prince of Peace right now. He is the Prince of Peace. But in a very near time, He's coming as the conquering king. He will come as the conquering king. Listen, on Palm Sunday, He rode into that city of Jerusalem on a donkey. Why? Because all the kings of Israel, they knew. If a king comes to the city in peace, he rides a donkey. If He comes to the city in war, He rides the horse. And He went into this Jerusalem there on Palm Sunday riding that donkey. I came that you might have peace. I am the Prince of Peace. But friends, don't mistake Jesus. Don't, don't mistake Him. He's not only the Prince of Peace, but He is the conquering King and He is soon to return, my friends. He is soon to return. That's right that's right he gives us this time millenniums now he's given us this time for the world and people to repent and get saved and turn from their sin and turn to the saving Jesus he says I'll come as the conquering king on that horse someday and by the way all the saints will be with him amen oh man I tell you I'm looking forward to that day are you okay three of us It's awesome maybe you're afraid of heights I don't know but when we're at that marriage supper, the lamb and we have that last bite and the Lord says, All right, boys, mount up. We're going down. Oh like, haw That's it. Amen. Yeah. That's it that man, we say amen here, they'll say yee-haw there. Yeehaw, we're going down. And oh man, let me tell you, God'll have a way of humbling this world and I'll tell you, Jesus return is very soon, friends. It's very soon. Bless his name. I mean, it, 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 whew, I can't tell you how soon it is. I don't know the exact day. No man does. Don't ever let anyone fool you, right? But you will know the times and you will know the seasons. And the season's getting close. Getting, ooh, yeah. Actually, I'll be teaching three Wednesdays in May on that very subject. So, anyways, Jesus says, you want to know who I am? I'm the great I am to Saul I want to tell you something else I'm also the great I have you see three times he's going to say I am the great he's the I am he's the I have and he's the I will and he says to Saul he says I have Saul I am the great I have because I have a mission for you I have a job for you. I have a purpose for you. I have chosen you. I have appeared to you, Saul. I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for your living, Saul. That's why I'm here. If I didn't have anything for you, I would just smite you into the ground. You would be a smudge in the desert of Syria somewhere today. But I have a plan for you, Saul. And I have a purpose for your living. And I want you to know that I created you for a reason. And even when you find yourself in the hands of the Jews and the Gentiles and you find yourself where you feel there's no way out and you find yourself in a place where your power has ended and your strength is gone and you don't know what to do next. He says, I want you to know I have a solution for you. I will deliver you from their hands. Not you will deliver you. You won't figure it out. He says, but I have already figured it out. And I'm telling you ahead of time, Saul, that when that time comes, you can trust in me that I have this. I have this. Let me tell you, things are going to come in your life and come in my life. Well, we'll find yourself in that box canyon, as I call it. And we think there's no way out of this. I don't know what's going to happen. My, I need a miracle in my finances. I need the Lord's help in my marriage. I, I need this job situation settled. And let me tell you something. Just when you think you've got to the end of your rope, you tie a knot and hold on because Jesus has this, friends. He's got it. He says, I have it. I have it. Saul, you might think you have it, but you don't have it. and You're not going to get it. (laughs) You don't have this. I have this. Jesus says, I have it when everything's good. I have it under control when everything's not I have it under control when you're out of control I have it out. I have it under control when your job is spinning out of control and your marriage is spinning out of control and your finances are upside down and you are in a place in life where you wonder uh, will the sun ever shine again and let me tell you something I can't guarantee the S-U-N will shine again but I can guarantee the S-O-N is going to shine again he's coming back And he says, I have this. Will you trust me for it? Will you trust me that I have this? If I were Saul, I would have been probably giving him 24 reasons why I'm not the one to have it with, Lord. (laughs) You picked the wrong guy here. Did you know I hate Christians? Do you know Saul would say that I really have a plan in my pocket to go arrest some people in Damascus? Do you know what a dirty rotten sinner I am? He asked the Lord that, which he didn't. The Lord said, "I know all about you, Saul. I knew your name before your mother knew your name. I knew you before I spoke this world into existence." Never forget, the universe is one verse, one sentence. Let there be light. And before I said, let there be light, I already knew who you were. And you're laying there on that ground thinking of all the regrets and shame that you have from your past. But I'm here to lift you up, and I'm here to let you know that I have a plan for your life. If there wasn't a plan, we may all go, may as well all go home, right? <laughs> so what's the plan? He said I got a plan right here, and my Holy Spirit will lead you in that plan. The things that I have revealed, are the things I will yet reveal. He says, "You don't know everything about me yet, Saul, but you're going to learn. You're going to learn." You see, he is the great I have. Even though we think we are the great I have. Some people think the governments the great I have. <laughs> they're the great, oh no they're not. <laughs> Oh no, they don't. If they have it, they took it from someone else. Right? Careful, my New York's coming out. We're not the great I have this under control. You know, we are we're the great I need. We're the great I need. Lord, I'm I'm a mess. I need your help. He says, I have grace to help in time of need. Lord, I got a pile of sin in my life. I need your forgiveness. I have mercy that's fresh every single day. He said, but Lord, I don't have any strength for tomorrow. He says, I am the almighty God of this universe. I will give you the power of God. I will take away that power of Satan and give to you the power of God. And let me tell you something, the power of God is far greater than the power of Satan. <laughs> I mean, he, what is he? He's like a nine-volt battery. Right? I mean, God's a powerhouse. What Satan? We're the great I need. Praise God that he is the great I have. He says, I have this, Tim. And when you don't think there's a way, I have a plan. And when your heart's broken, I have comfort for you. And when you think you're alone, I have love that's unending for you. And when that sin and saint keeps whispering in your ear and telling you you're no good, dirty, rotten sinner, what kind of Christian are you? He says, I have truth for you. You are a child of the Most High God. And he says this to Paul. He says, Paul, not only do I have this, I will do this. I will do a work in you, and I will change you for being a monster that you are, and a murderous man that you are, and I will make you a minister. I'm like, what? could you imagine if you had a room full of people and said, okay, pick out the minister. And he said, ooh, I've seen Saul down at the courthouse. I know that guy. (laughs) Mm -mm. But God says, Saul, I'm going to change. I'm going to change you from a monster that's been hurting people with his words and his actions and his attitude and then hurting people you know, people you don't know, hurting families. And kids. I'm going to take you from a herder and make you into a lover is what I'm going to do. That's what he does. A lover of God from a monster to a minister. And I'm going to have you witness. You know what, Saul? You're going to be the biggest one talking about my glory someday. <laughs> He wanted, you're gonna write three quarters of the New Testament I think if you told Saul he'd say what there's no way he says all through here I will I will I will reveal myself to you I will send you I will open your eyes I will remove the darkness I will break the power of Satan. I will pour out the power of God. He says, I will forgive you of your sins. I will give you the inheritance of glory. And I will sanctify you for my holy purpose, Saul. Are you in, Saul? Are you in? How do you get in? By faith, Saul. Because I sanctify all those who have faith in me, he says. You see, he tells Saul, Saul, I'm going to change you. If there's anything this whole world needs today, friends, it's to see people who have been transformed by the power of the resurrected Savior. What ha- where did they go? What happened to some of them out there? We, they need to see, man, you know what? They're different. Man, I, I tell you, I was, I was a foul mouthed drugging, and drunk when the Lord found me. Living in a tent out in the woods. Yep. And the Lord crossed my path one day, and He reached down and lifted me up, and He saved my soul, and He put my feet on a solid rock, and put a song in my heart, even praise to my God, even this day, friends. And He changed me. And I remember telling friends, of mine, I said, man, I asked Jesus to be my Savior, and they go, ooh. <laughs> I was with all the biker boys, you know, they're like, okay, well, you yeah. know. People told me you're gonna have to leave your friends when you get saved, Tim. No, I didn't. They all left me. (laughs) What? You just start talking Jesus, and I'll tell you who your friends really are. You start chasing Jesus, and you'll see who the friends are. Yeah. But let me tell you something about it. They they went out and they went full circle. And one by one, I I hear them. I find out they got saved later in life. And then I and one of you called me up. He's getting out of prison. He said, hey, Tim, you still doing that Jesus stuff? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I am. Come on down. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Whew. It's one thing just to witness to him on the sidewalk somewhere, but to have him 24-7 in there. He's like, oh, man, it's like spiritual boot camp. Oh, yeah. You know, my friends, though, they said... Yeah, but Tim, you needed to be changed. <laughs> so they i like, what do you mean I needed to be changed? bad as you were, you needed to be changed. <laughs> I said, you know what? It doesn't matter how bad you are, we all need to be saved. It doesn't matter how good you are, we all need to be changed. Jesus didn't come down here to just polish us, make us shiny. Jesus came down here to change us, to transform us. To show us the power of the living God is over the power of the dead Satan. That's what he came to do. He said, Tim, can I trust you to use my power uh, to show that my power is greater than Satan's power? I said, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm game. (laughs) It's been a wild ride sometimes. But I want you to know something. Jesus said, I will do it. You think you can straighten up your act, Tim? I couldn't straight. You know how many times I try to straighten up my act? You know how many times I try to turn over a new leaf? I tried to turn over the whole tree and it didn't work. It was like, ah. But the minute I gave my life and surrendered it to Jesus, He did the work in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen? It's Christ that transformed me. Listen, it is God that works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. Can I get an amen for that? It's God that did it. It wasn't my will. You know what my will is on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m.? It's to check to see if the other side of the pillow is just as warm as this side. (laughs) I like a cool pillow. (laughs) That's my will. But the Lord says, not your will, Tim. My will be done. And he said, get up, get out to the Lord's house. And I, like I said, I didn't change because I went cold turkey. I changed because I went hot Jesus. And he did the work in me. The world needs to see us changing. The world needs to see transformation. I had a Mormon guy sitting in my office this week, talking about the gospel. he has been coming out. Love him to death. And I could just see God squeezing his heart, squeezing his heart. And I said, do you want to get saved today? And I, 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 I called him by name, but i let him, you, you could tell him. Do you want to get saved today? And man, God squeezed his heart and he just burst out his eyes. He grabbed my hands and he just prayed and he gave his life to Jesus. And born a family of God. Amen? That's Jesus. That's Jesus. <laughs> that wasn't 10 with of persuasive words. That's Jesus with the power to heal and to save and to forgive. Amen? That's a Jesus work. Yeah, I heard a little kid back there. This Resurrection Sunday, my question is this. How has God changed you? How has a resurrected Jesus come in your life and made you a new person? Is there areas I, in my life I say, Lord, I need you to change this because A, I don't feel like changing it. The older you get, the less you want to change it. Do you guys know that? I don't care if it's your socks or your shirt, it don't matter. <laughs> my wife said, "Damn, that shirt's got a big stain on the front of it. My other shirt. So? I didn't see what the big deal was. I love getting older. Who cares if your socks match? Yeah. Who cares? Change, though, is so hard. But God wants to change us. Have you changed? Is He changing you? Have you surrendered to the living God? Have you asked Jesus to be your personal Savior? Whether you're here or watching over the internet, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Let me tell you something. If you keep fighting, you're going to lose but if you surrender you're gonna win that's how it works have you surrendered your life to Jesus have you made him the focal point of your life are you chasing him today or are you just saying well I'm gonna be that tie (laughs) I'll see that tie next year you guys think I wear a tie? Some of you think I wear a tie every week. I don't I'm a recovering Baptist no ties in heaven but how about it let me tell you Jesus is coming back very soon Jesus is coming back very soon do you believe that do you believe that he is and when he comes back I want him to see me chasing him I'm chasing you, Jesus. I'm chasing you. That's the he goes, run the race that's before you, Tim. Quit your crawling. Get up and run. Put you on your feet for a reason. Chase me. I invite you to join us each Sunday. We, we try. We're not really good runners. But we try. And we stumble. And there's problems. Problems at your church? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not perfect, but like I say, we have a perfect God. Join us as we chase that perfect God. Eyes are closed, heads bowed as we close. The ministry team comes and the worship team also comes. Maybe the Lord has been speaking to you today. Maybe you said, well, I came to church and glad I'm here, but my question is not have you made it to church the question is will you make it to heaven people say but I I can't believe a God who would send anybody to hell let me tell you something about God he's not here to send people to hell he's here to send people to heaven we're the ones that choose to go to hell he wants to send you to heaven but he wants you to put your faith in his risen savior Jesus Christ He wants you to quit fighting him. And he asks you that question, why? Why do you push me aside? Why do you ignore me? Why do you think I'm not interested in you? Why do you think that I hurt you? Why do you think that I'm not worthy because you got hurt at a church somewhere? He wants to come into your life and answer your questions, solve your issues. But most of all, he wants to come and save your soul, that you might have eternal life. My call to you today is a call of surrender. If you'd like to surrender to Christ today, right where you are, eyes closed, heads bowed, you say, you know what? I want to be forgiven. I want to know what it's like to have this new life in Christ. I'm going to lead in a prayer. But I want to warn you, the prayer will not save you. Only the faith mingled with that prayer would you be saved. If today is the day you'd like to ask Jesus to save you, eyes are closed, heads are bowed, you you make this your prayer. Just repeat it in your heart to God. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I have sinned against you. I know it was my sin. And put your son on the cross. I know that I'm guilty. But I want you to know, Lord, from the depths of my heart, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I ask you to forgive me. Release me from my debt. Remove this shame in my life. Remove these regrets. Help me not to look back, but help me to look forward to Jesus. Today, with all my heart, I ask Jesus to come into my life and save me. Today, I accept your free gift. Thank you, Jesus. Eyes are closed, heads bowed. We're not going to call you up. We're not going to embarrass you. We're just going to pray for you. If you're here today, as eyes closed, heads bowed. You say, today, Pastor, I prayed that prayer in my heart. And I asked Jesus to save me. That's you just slip your hand up for I can see you and pray for you. Today, I asked Jesus, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Others, just slip that hand up. Today, I asked Jesus to save me today I stopped fighting yes ma'am in the back yes I see that hand You can put it down others today I asked Jesus to save me today was my day to receive Christ Christian, maybe you're here and you say I know I'm saved I know Jesus is my savior I met him as a child maybe but God's been challenging my heart lately to start chasing after him today i made a commitment in my heart to say lord i'm going to start chasing you i'm going to make you the love of my life again maybe that's what god's doing in your heart you just need some prayer again we won't call you out we're not asking you to come forward we just say we'd like to pray for you slip that hand up say yes christians amen hallelujah yes all over today's a day amen amen you can put them down any others today today is a day that I marked out. April first, I decided, this is no April fool. I am chasing Jesus because I'm not a fool. Today's my day. Any others? Pray for me, Pastor. Yes in the balcony. Amen. Others? Yes, yes, over here. Any others? Today's my day. It's time to get chase you again, Lord. Father, you see the hands and you look all the way through to our heart. You see the heart of those that prayed to receive Jesus today and be saved. And you say there is joy in the presence of angels. Not the angels, but as you rejoicing in their presence. When even one sinner comes to Christ. Father, thank you that we were all sinners, but we are saved by the grace of God. Father, I pray for strength for those that prayed and asked Christ to be their Savior. Here or over the internet, strengthen them. Help them to chase you, Lord. And when the devil whispers in their ear that they're no good, and they failed again and they blew it again, help them to say, no, this day I gave my life to Jesus and he saved me. Strengthen them today. And for the believer here today, Lord, that just just needs to get back in that race lord no one judges us when we fall on our face you say though a just man falls seven times yet he will get up thank you for getting us back up again because you hold us with your righteous right hand So, Father, I pray in the lives of believers here today that they would make each day of worship their day of worship. Each day you call us out to your house, Lord. Help us to be here. Help us to be present. And should you return on the Lord's Day, help us to be raptured from this very building, Lord. Father, help us to walk before you and to love your Son. Move in our midst during the invitation, Lord. And if there's folks that need healing, help us to pray for them. Folks that need finances, Lord, or job situations, marriages fixed, whatever, Lord. May today be their day of victory because they responded to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen, amen. Stand with me. Stand with me as we sing. Hey, if you're here and you you say, well, I didn't pray, but I I'd want to get saved. You know what? It's never too late. You just come. You come. We'll introduce you to Jesus. Great day to get saved. Great day. Isn't it? Look at how beautiful it is. This is a great day to get saved. Oh, yeah. But maybe you need healing. Maybe you need help. Listen, folks are here to pray. You come. Whatever need is, you come. Maybe it's a day of commitment. Today's the day. You come. You need healing. is coming, don't hesitate.